All right, so uh, the shir tonight is going to be on a topic that uh, somebody called about earlier in the week. They called the uh, the base hora, <coughs> uh, and they wanted to know what uh, bracha one says on overnight oats. So my immediate response was, I may be able to answer that child if I knew what overnight oats was. But now that being that I don't know exactly what overnight oats are, so I'm going to have a hard time answering the, uh, the Shiloh. So he tried to explain it to me, um, and I, I listened and uh, tried to understand as best I could, but was really uncertain about uh, what it was. So I told him that I will uh, look into the matter, and I will, uh, I will get back to him. So I, uh, so I looked into the matter, and... Um, okay, I'll give you the simple explanation of what overnight oats is. And then I'll go ahead and we'll uh, we'll explore the makaros, the relevant uh, sources, to figure out what uh, what bracha is going to be recited. So uh, the simplest explanation is that overnight oatmeal is made by soaking oats in cold water or milk for many hours. The finished product resembles oatmeal. The oats stick together and form a porridge-like consistency, but unlike regular oatmeal, it was never cooked. So that's the main thing. So it's a product which is made from grain. It's a, uh, usually they try and use a specifically type of processed grain. It's processed more than when it's sold for this purpose. So there's regular oatmeal, there's the one minute oatmeal, and then there is the stuff that you would use for, the, uh, for this, uh, this overnight oatmeal, which is processed a little bit more, but not, uh, but not to the point where when you buy it, you'd be able to eat it out of the package. So the question is, what exactly is going to be the story with these overnight uh, oats? A uh, person who, uh, who uh, asked me the Shiloh, so before I had a chance to get back to him, so the next morning, so he said he just decided to wash on some bread and eat it in the midst of bread. Uh, he said it was okay. He's not sure if it was worth the effort of making hamotzi on it and having to bench. Uh, but, uh, but, that's a, but that's what he did. So the question is, what exactly is the story? What's the, uh, the background? So here we go. So the, uh, the halacha is, we'll see a little bit of Gemara uh, with, uh, with a Rashi or so, and then we'll go ahead and we'll have a, uh, a summary, which will really be helpful in terms of framing for us what exactly the, uh, the Shaila is. Okay. So what we do is, believe it or not, this is going to be in Masechah's Brachos. So Gemara says as follows. First Gemara says, that Gufa, Rav Shul So Rav and Shmuel say together, although many times in Shas, Rav and Shmuel disagree with one another, but there are times when they join forces with one another and issue a joint statement. So this is a joint statement of Rav and Shmuel. And that is, the first rule is, anytime you have a food which includes in the ingredients one of the five grains, we're just going to say for simplicity now, wheat or oats. So, so the bracha is going to be we're not going to get into all of the, uh, you know, whether the, uh, the, the, um, the wheat ingredient is something, or the flour, the grain ingredient is something which is tough, or something which is secondary to the other food. If it's used just as a binder, whether or not uh, on schnitzel you go ahead and you say mizonos or you say shahakol, but just on a very simple level, you eat a food which contains one of the five grains, 
the bracha is going to be Bereminimizonos. Now, if that's all that Shas had to say about this topic, so then we'd be pretty good to go. We'd be pretty well off being able to uh, to answer Shilas related to what bracha is going to be made on these various foods. But as we're going to turn out, as we're going to see, there's actually different circumstances and different stages in the processing of the grain, and each one of those stages is actually going to warrant a different bracha. So, for example. The Gemara says that um, uh, in source number two, this is Brachos Lamed Zayin Sorry, the first one was Lamed Vavam So here now it's Lamed Zayin We say Vegabi Maisa Kedera Tanya. So Maisa Kedera is where you go ahead and you have your grains and you cook them in a pot. So this is going to be regular oatmeal, like you know when your bubby would make you uh, would make you oatmeal before they had instant oatmeal or anything like that. So the oatmeal that your bubby would go ahead and she would make for you by putting the oats into a pot, putting in water or milk, and cooking it on the fire, boiling it up for however long it would take five ten minutes. So the halacha by regular standard oatmeal, your bubby's oatmeal, b'tchilim varch so before you eat regular old-fashioned oatmeal, literally on the box, old-fashioned oatmeal. So before you go ahead and you eat that, you say a Zonos. And then when you're done eating, so you make a regular al Nothing which is uh, which is interesting there. But then where it begins to get interesting is the next source, which is on that same Amud, says Vahatanya, we learned in a brisa that Elohim Maisa Kedera. So the following are going to be examples of Maisa of circumstances of cooked grain, where the bracha, as we know now, is going to be Mizonos. And they are, what are these uh, examples? They are Chilka, Targis, Solis, Zariz, Va'arson. Okay, so how many of those uh, do you recognize in the list? I recognized a grand total of zero. So that's why we turn to Rashi. So Rashi says, and I don't know exactly what was going on. I know nothing about food preparation, manufacturing of food, or anything of that uh, of that sort. But apparently, in the time of Chazal, they, you know, were very skilled at this. So Rashi says, what's chilka? That's the first thing on the list. That's chitek de metavri baasisa chadalatarti. So this is a a wheat kernel which you go ahead and you uh, smash in your mortar, you use your mortar and pestle, or your pestle and your mortar, and you go ahead and you smash the wheat kernel, chadalatarti, one, a single grain, into two parts. Okay, so it's like, I guess it's like a peanut, that you take a peanut, and peanuts could split in half, and almonds you could split in half sometimes, where you get two sides of the grain, so that is going to be chilka. Okay, good. Targus, what exactly is targus? That's not how Ashkenazim referred to target. It's a, but this is actually something different. But we say targus is chadalatlas. So this is where you go ahead and you pound the grain from a single kernel into three parts. Zaris, soles, is going to be flour, which you will go ahead and you cook. Then that we do know. Zaris is, is number three on the list, number four on the list, sorry. So this is chad la'arba. This is where you divide the grain into four parts. And arson, the last one on the list, which we're going to look at, so this is chad lechamish. So the bottom line is that maisa kedeira, that the case where the grain is cooked, 
wherein you're going to go ahead and say the regular bracha, so this is where you take the grain, uh, you pound it into something, you divide it into two parts, three parts, four parts, or five parts, then you go ahead and you cook it in water or milk or some sort of a beverage. So the final outcome, that final grain, whether you call it grits or whether you call it oatmeal, or whether you call it malto meal, or whatever it happens to be, so that final product is something that you're going to say, Bremen Amazonos, upon. Yes, Ellen. You have to unmute yourself. I know. Uh, when you say you divide it up into five parts and then cook it, you mean you cook one part, not you divide it up into five parts, then put it together and cook it, right? Um, you, you smash it into five parts, and then yes. you put all of those grains, which are smashed into five parts, into a single pot, and you cook it all together, and the different pieces begin to squish, uh, begin to um, attach. Collate, but it coalesce, but but that's not like the bran and the, you know, when the wheat and it's got the bran and 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 that thing and the husk. That's those right. are three parts, but it, that's not what you're talking about. Um, I don't think so. I'm trying to avoid okay. that, uh, okay. that part of it. Okay, good. If you want to get really, really technical, uh, which is like with granola bars and whatnot, so then uh, then we'd, be, we'd have to begin to explore uh, all of that. When I spoke to the fellow today, uh, when I got back to him, so he said, oh, is that going to be the same by granola bars? So I told him that I have a, a PTSD response to granola bars. Because every time I look into the halachas about what bracha you make on a granola bar, so it's not simply that you just have to figure out uh, what the ingredients are, but like different companies manufacture their granola in different ways. And depending on how it's manufactured has a significant impact on what bracha you're going to recite. And it's way too much technical knowledge for me, and not only too much technical knowledge for me, but it's something which could be constantly changing. The manufacturing process could be constantly changing, and I just can't keep up with every time, you know, granola decides or Nature Valley is going to decide to change the manufacturing methods and how that's going to impact Tilchos Brachos. I will leave that to the experts and kashras to keep track of those things for me and just tell me what bracha to recite because uh, it's like asking me which hashras are liable. I have no clue. You know, OU is good, OK is good, CRC is good. Beyond that, I don't know, you're on your own. Look it up. OK, but so far we have, so there's a, 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 a method of manufacturing grain, which for simplicity, halacha refers to as maisa kedera, and the, the manufacturing of grain, the processing of grain and the cooking of grain, which produces an outcome which is called maisa kedera. So the bracha on that is going to be bremen emizonos. Yevald. Then we have another bracha, uh, another uh, quote from the very same uh, Amud in, in, uh, in brachos, Lamed Zayin Amud Aleph, Amar Mar, so we're quoting the Brisa, which says, HaKoseis Esachita. So Koseis is usually what the term which is used, Rashi generally explains that to mean, this is somebody who's going to be munching on a grain. So if they didn't bother cooking it in liquid, this is something like a parched grain, like we talked about uh, in Daf Yomi not too long ago, where they would throw uh, parched grain or toasted grains at a chasana kala. That was one of the things that, uh, that they did, probably a precursor to throwing uh, hard candy at a chasana at a zufra. But back then, so they didn't have hard candy, so the best they would do is a toasted grain of sort. But here we're told that if a person goes, think of it like corn nuts, 
but it's not actually corn nuts, it's actually the grain. So it's wheat nuts or oat nuts or whatever it's going to be. So here, interestingly enough, the Gemara says, So now, since this is not the regular way of preparing a kernel of grain for consumption, so you didn't make it into a flour and then bake a bread, bake a cookie, bake a wafer, something like that, and you didn't cook it in a liquid to make it into a porridge type of thing, a malto meal type of thing, something of that sort. So this is considered to be just eating literally like a corn nut, and the bracha mat is going to be bread pre'adama. So what's interesting is, and we're going to see this now in this, uh, this sixth source over there, that when it comes to wheat or, 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 or barley or oats, so there's actually going to be potentially four different brachas which could be recited on that, that, that food, depending on how it's manufactured and how it's processed. So we know wheat in its ideal form is bread, you make hamotzi. If rather than making hamotzi, you go ahead and you make a wheat porridge, that's going to be very minimizonos. In the event that you eat a kernel toasted, so that is going to be a bure prihad dama. And then as we're going to see now, it's possible in some conditions to go ahead and even make a shahakal on a wheat product. So you have the full spectrum of potential brachas to recite. That's why I said that granola gives me the willies, because it could be any one of those things anywhere along the way, it's not going to be hamosi, but it can be anywhere along the way, depending on what the circumstance is. Okay, so let's see how this sefer called Vizosa Bracha, uh, those of you who remember many years ago on Tuesday night when we used to meet in person back, uh, I think it was the last century, we, uh, we did that, where we would go ahead and we did uh, uh, sections from the sefer called Vizosa Bracha. So here he goes ahead and, make it a little bit bigger so it's easier to see, so he says as follows. He says, the, the heading is, this is, sorry, Vizosa Bracha, Perak Yud Beis, you can find on page 102. Hopefully it's on 102, depending on which print. But it says, So these are foods which are made from the five grains. So he says, Klal, the rule of thumb is, So even though the five grains are not a tree, they grow from the ground, and you may think that the correct bracha should be because it grows from something which needs to be replanted every year. And usually that's the simon, that's the sign that it's a hadama rather than ha'etz. But Chazal went ahead and assigned uh, foods made from the five grains, a special bracha. Because usually with grains, you could manufacture a chash of a food and there's a lot of discussion in the post on what exactly chashav means, but it's a chashav of food, umazinin biyoser, and it's much more filling, much more satisfying than if you sit down and you eat a bunch of green beans or you eat a bunch of green peppers or you eat, you know, some other, you eat a salad. Veilushmosam, and they are, chitim we know is wheat, sorum is barley, shibola shual is oats, shifon is rye, vakusmin is uh, spelt. Now he says, the determination of the bracha for these five grains. So he says that what bracha you're going to recite on them is subject to the, the level of chashivas of that food, how significant, how important the food is, and the method of manufacturing or preparation. Okay, so now you see that he's got 
four different, we're going to look at four different uh, uh, paragraphs, four different ways of preparing. Out. Somebody eats the grain in an abnormal manner. Meaning what? What's an example of that? So you're, it's Erev Shabbos. You are making cholent for Shabbos and you're starving for whatever reason. You didn't eat breakfast. You, you had to skip lunch because you had a meeting. And now it's Erev Shabbos afternoon. You're making the cholent and you say, you know what? I'm so hungry. I'm just going to munch on a couple of these barley kernels and hopefully that will tide me over until the Shabbos Suda tonight. So believe it or not, most of the population does not eat barley kernels straight. That's not what they're made to uh, to do. Even the quick cook barley kernels, you're not going to go ahead and uh, and eat them uh, straight. And therefore, since this is something which you do not normally eat, then skipping the parentheses, which has all the sources, he says, Let's say you just go ahead and take a spoonful of flour and you decide, hmm, I've always wondered what a spoonful of flour would actually taste like. Can I actually get that down my throat or not? So you go ahead and you take a spoonful of flour and you're going to go ahead and try. And uh, you, you didn't like the barley kernels. So I figure you'll wash them down with a spoonful of flour. And he says the same thing is going to be true, interestingly. And I don't want to get into a whole discussion about this. But he says, let's say you eat, we'll make it simple over here. Let's say you eat some challah dough. So the flour did not go down very well, got caught in your mouth and your throat. So you figure, I'm going to go ahead and I'll, 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 uh, I'll force it down and I'll take a chunk of challah dough before it's baked. And then that will collect all of the flour in my mouth and in my throat. And then when I swallow the, the, uh, the challah dough, so then that will take everything down. So any one of those things, whether you're eating the barley kernel straight, whether you're eating flour straight, or whether you're eating flour, which has already been mixed with water and is in a dough state, a dough state, but it has not yet been baked. So anytime you're, even though grains are an elevated food, which could potentially be hamotzi, a brain Amazonas, when you eat it in an abnormal manner, so the Allah is you say shahakol on any one of those foods. Okay, and the reason they say shahakol is because you're not really eating, it's not really something which is edible, and therefore, okay. So that is step number one, and that's really not so gay and no, uh, too much. That's not something which is so applicable because I don't think anybody is that hungry that they're going to eat barley kernels or flour or, yeah. Now, base. Let's say you eat the kernel as is, meaning that you didn't you didn't cook it in liquid or make it into flour so that it should become a dough, a cookie dough or a challah dough. In a manner which is described by Chazal as kosei schitim. So that's source number, uh, if you remember, that's source number five, which we had. That's where we had that term, kosei eschita. So this is chewing on grain. So he says, uh, So in that case, if you go ahead and you bake it in the oven so that it's no longer a raw grain which you're eating, but it's a toasted grain which you're eating, then the bracha is going to be hadama. So So even though when you've toasted them in the oven, 
So they are edible. That's what he means by tovin lemaichel. They're in an edible form already at that point. Uh, you could buy corn nuts in the checkout uh, lane at almost any store. They're going to go ahead and they will uh, sell that. And this is a manner by which people eat them. So it's not as uh, as absurd as munching on raw barley kernels. This is actually toasted and it's edible. And you put a little, uh, you know, sriracha sauce on it or something. And it's a, it's a good snack. But still, still, the primary use of grain is not to go ahead and make corn nuts out of it, or barley nuts out of it, or wheat nuts out of it. It's to go ahead and make cookies and bread out of it. So being that, it's still considered to be the, uh, it's not inedible that it would downgrade it to shahako, but it's not the normal way that you would go ahead and you manufacture and eat it. So therefore, v'dinam kedin kol yerko pri adama. So in that in that manner of eating, the the kernels are considered to be like any other vegetable which you would go ahead and you would eat. And therefore, the bracha is going to be bre pri adama. That is level number two. As we're working up in our levels, then number three, im chilkam. Now let's say you pounded the grain into two parts, three parts, four parts, or five parts, and then you went ahead and you cooked it. So this is what we call grits, or this is what we call malto meal, or something of that sort. Into daisa, in Eretz Yisrael, they still call it daisa, I think. So then that already is a normal and expected way to go ahead and make the grain. There's going to be regular, your bubby's uh, uh, oatmeal, so brachasam mizonos. So the bracha in that case is going to be the bracha of of mizonos, and then finally we say Let's say you didn't simply pound the kernels of grain into two parts, three parts, four parts, or five parts, but you continuously ground it until you had a flour. And then you go ahead and you mix some water into the flour and you made it into dough, which is then baked as a bread. Then, as we all know, so then the bracha is going to be hamotzi. Because this is the highest, uh, the most elevated food that you can make out of that grain, make it into a bread. The Ofan Shurigim Lisa of the Love Suda, and this is what people generally are going to use, certainly in the time of Tanakh, in the time of Chazal. So bread was the primary food staple, and meals almost always are going to include some sort of bread because bread is filling and bread can be eaten with all sorts of different foods. So therefore, and he quotes a pasuk to the to that effect. Okay, now the main thing for us is our overnight oatmeal is certainly not going to be hamotzi. And our overnight oatmeal is, since this is manufactured and you can find all sorts of recipes and different ways of, of making it, it's not going to be like eating a raw barley kernel or eating flour, which would be shahakal. So here the question is, is overnight oatmeal, does that fall into category number two? That it's like munching on toasted grain and you make a brepri adama? Or is it like category number three, where it's considered to be the normal way of cooking it, like regular oatmeal, and the bracha is going to be mizonos. So now what we need to do in order to answer this question is, now that we've, in a sense, framed the question, so now the question is, if you remember, in Shas, we had two different terms. Here in source number five, you see there's koses esachita. So this is munching on toasted grain. 
which is like eating a vegetable where the bracha is bremen emizonos. But then we have what's called, like you have in source number three over here, maisa kedera, a cooked dish, which is going to be a bracha bremen emizonos. And now this becomes the critical question. How does a food uh, uh, transition from category two, Brepia Adama, to category three into Bremine Mizonos? What exactly has to be done to the grain in order to elevate it, take it up to that next level? And it's no longer just a vegetable but, or just a food which grows out of the ground, which warrants a Brepia Adama. But now we've elevated into the bracha of Mizonos. Okay. So that is the critical question. And would you be surprised if I told you that it's machlokas? Of course not. Why? If it wasn't machlokas, we wouldn't have the class. So now, what exactly is what? Just a quick question. Yes, please. I, 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 this overnight oats. Yes. So if you mix them, mix it with water, do you just eat it cold, or do you then warm that up, like just? Uh, I, you know, I put it on the flame and the, a, like, a, a, I mean, it's it's already ready, but I mean, is the way of eating it cold or is it is it warmed up in some way? So it's cold. I'll read you another uh, explanation of what exactly overnight oats are. Maybe mm-hmm. they, 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 they use a term, which they use it as if everybody knows what it is. I can't even pronounce the words, let alone know, know exactly what it is. But he says, overnight oats is a popular spin on the original, I'm just going to pronounce it the way I think it is, Bircher, Bircher Muesli. That makes sense. B-I-R-C-H-E-R, capital B, and then capital M, Muesli, M-U-E-S-L-I. Yes, that's it. That's it? That's it. Okay. Muesli. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've got nine people here. Besides Ellen, anybody is here of Bircher Muesli? Heard that term before? What what language is that? I don't know. I, I usually say I remember the John Birch Society, but that's all I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's one of the Germanic languages. Yeah. Central Europe. I was gonna, that's what I was going to say. Dutch, maybe. North, Northern Europe. Okay, so he expl- he goes on to explain after that distraction. So he says it's a popular spin on the original Bircher muesli, a breakfast a breakfast food composed mostly of fruit and milk with a small portion of grain. The dish is left overnight to allow the grains to soften. Overnight oats are prepared the same way, but with a higher percentage of grain, resulting, now here I'm answering your, your, your question, Bob, resulting in essentially a cold oatmeal in flavor and texture. I'm not sure in what way cold oatmeal is appealing to anybody, but apparently some people are, are into that. After mixing, the oats are left overnight in the fridge. I don't know. It's got Sometimes a lot, of, a lot of fruit in it. You, you put fruit and stuff in it and maybe some honey. It's got it's got a nice texture, but it's disgusting. So, okay. So, so in my mind, you're putting in fruit and honey to drown out the horrid taste of the overnight oatmeal. So there must be some health benefit to the oatmeal. And the only way to get it down is literally a spoonful of honey uh, helps the Bertram usually go down. We'll go ahead and we'll have a new variation of that song. Okay. So, but that is, I'm, I'm, as much as I'm learning about it now, Bob, you can be certain that I'm not going to be having that for breakfast. So <laughs> rest assured. Okay. Now, um, although maybe that would be a good, uh, a good uh, social event in, shul, in shul, 
<laughs> is to have a birch or muesli cook-off, or not cook-off, birch or muesli oatmeal off. Don't put it in my cholent. We can serve it with a cholent, exactly, except it's it's dairy, so it would have to come with ice cream or so, or cheesecake. Okay, we'll save it for shoes. Okay. So well, now... I mean not to come to any of your kiddishes in your... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost making sushi sound good. So, almost. Not quite, so, enough, right? So, you, so again, so we have this question over here. You want, some, far... you want chokhmas from Google? Oh, there we go. It says, while regular muesli is dry, virtual muesli is dry. Yes, regular <laughs> muesli is dry. Virtual muesli is typically made with cream and lemon juice and is eaten after all the ingredients have had time to soak. Okay, go out. So, our question is, uh, what is it, what exactly is the process? Uh, to differentiate between category two and category three. So here, Toso, so we're just going to see two of the opinions. We're going to see the easier opinions to understand, which is Tosos in Rabbeinu Yonah. Uh, the Rambam is actually, so the Rambam's opinion about this is subject to a major debate. There's two or three different theories uh, or interpretations, I should say, as far as what exactly the Rambam meant by this. But he said that Tosos writes as follows. So this is Tosos right there on Brachos Lamed Zayin. So he says, Nachon Hachmir. It's a good idea to be machmer. So if you're going to go ahead and you're going to eat klayos, are going to be, that's the roasted grain, or you're going to eat the roasted, I'm assuming that that's wheat kernels, which, sorry, klayos are toasted grain, or you're going to have a whole kernel of wheat, which is cooked, so you didn't pound it into two parts, three parts, four parts, or five parts. You just went and then took the whole grain of, uh, of, uh, of wheat and you cooked it. And getting back to your point earlier, Ellen, it's not clear whether you how much of the husk in the various outer things you've removed, but you have the whole grain of uh, wheat, which is cooked. You should only have that in a meal, meaning where you've already washed and made hamotzi. Sha'az birchas hamazam patrasam. Because that way, you're assured of everything, that your hamotzi and your benching afterwards is going to cover, and you don't have to worry about what bracha you would say on those foods. It's not going to be an issue. Imlo nismachu yafa. Unless what you did to the grain was you went ahead and you, um, you, uh, 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 you softened it. That's what nismachu is, to crush it or to, uh, until you softened it significantly. So that because at that point, if before you went ahead and you did the cooking, you went ahead and you soften it, then it's going to resemble daisa, it's going to resemble that porridge-like food, which is made from crushed grain, wherein the different parts are going to, you said before, coalesce, Alan, that they're going to combine together, they'll make a mush out of it. As opposed to if you just have the grains, you didn't do anything, any softening of it. So then it will, it will, in many ways, it will be like when you make barley soup. So when you make barley soup, the pieces of barley and the barley soup don't combine. They just get cooked, but they don't combine into any sort of mush. As opposed to oatmeal, oatmeal, you go ahead and you cook and it is particularly mushy. So Tosos is of the opinion that in order for something to go from in order for the grain to switch from category two to category three, 
if you're not going to grind it into multiple parts, if you're not going to pound it into two, three, four, five, or a flour, so the only way that you're going to be able to say mizonos on the whole grain, uh, on the whole grain, is in the event that it is softened. So when you think about oatmeal, so you have a a like a leaf of oatmeal, I guess you have a a, um, a I don't know it's a piece. What's it called? Flake, a flake a of flake. So you have a flake of oatmeal. So the, the question is, is that flake of oatmeal, is it considered, was it softened enough ahead of time so that the things are going to combine together when they are, uh, when they are cooked or not? But what's important is, Tosos is saying that one uh, uh, element of the, the, of the definition of Maisa Kedera is that it is, it's going to that the leaf is going to be softened to the to the degree that when combined, the different pieces will combine together, rather than remain separate and disparate parts. Yes. Yeah, so. Does it mean? Does it only mean you can soften it by pounding it, or can it be softened by putting liquid into it? Um, also, part of the discussion. So these the way that it goes from old fashioned oats to one minute oats to this other thing is uh, uh, to what degree they soften it. How softened is it by the time it reaches the uh, the shelf in the store and you uh, you, you go ahead and, and, and buy it. But here, so it has to be, but in the event that you're eating full grains, and we're assuming that the oat flake is the full, is the equivalent of the, uh, do, do oats grow in uh, in kernels or they actually grow in those flakes? They they grow in a sort of a puffy thing that you separate out and dry and stuff. Ah, uh, okay. So that that's that's the opinion of Tosos. It has to be something which is going to be cooked uh, cooked kernels are going to remain a a bread priyadama until you go ahead and you uh, you uh, you soften it. So that it's going to be something which is like a you know, what we would call a bowl of oatmeal, a bowl of grits, where the different parts uh, go ahead and begin to combine together. Now that's Tosa's opinion. Rabbeinu Yona is... Um, right. Now he says... Uh, okay. So Rabbeinu Yona, I'm the Gemara over there in Brachos. So he says as follows. He says, Chavitz Kedera, V'chein Daisa. So he says there's two types of, two. he identifies two uh, types of food. One is called Chavitz Kedera. We haven't seen that phrase as of yet. And the second one is Daisa, which says in Daisa, what, you don't need to know so much, but it's Dekein Chavitz Kedera. It's similar to Chavitz Kedera. Okay, so we have these two types of food. So what are they? So he says, Chavitz Kedera, who Michael Shosimi Kemach, so this thing, this new term which we have called Chavitz Kedera, so th- so he says that is it's a food which is made from flour. You add a ton, not a ton, but you add a lot of honey. And the honey goes ahead and combines the pieces together, holds it all together. Makes everything uh, mushy and uh, one lump. And you put in other spices to make it uh, taste sweet as well. Uh, so that's what Chavitz Kedera is. So again, you're using some ingredient which makes the, uh, the, the grain part of it uh, adhere together. And being that the Gemara goes at and equates 
daisa, the other type of food, with chavitz kedera, shaminan shelo yirach al daisa elakish nechdishu achitiv v'nidbeku v'nasu dumi the chavitz kedera. So we find out from this that daisa, which is already the pounded grain, not yet to a flour consistency, but daisa, which is a, pow- a pounded grain, you do not say it does not get elevated from Brepri Adama till Bremine Mizonos until you have pounded the grain and the pieces adhere to one another. They begin to connect with one another to create a mushy consistency and becomes like the Chavitz Kedeva. But, aval imbishalachitim shalemim, but in the event that you take the whole kernel and you cook it as a whole kernel, vagarinim omdim shalemim, and the kernels are still intact and they have not been pounded into smaller parts at all. So then you're only going to go ahead and say the bracha on them. So even though you're cooking the grains, Rabbeinu Yonah says that you would not go ahead and say a You would not say on that. You would only say a And he seems to say that no matter what that it actually has to be prepared in a way where you've pounded it, and as a result of the pounding and then cooking it together, the pieces begin to, uh, to combine together. So whereas Tosos holds that softening it, um, uh, uh, softening the, the grain by itself is already going to be enough, according to uh, Rabbeinu Yonah, softening it in and of itself is not going to be sufficient, but you have to go ahead and you have to create a, you have to cook it to the degree that it becomes mushy, and the different parts are going to adhere to uh, to one another. So these are the uh, the two opinions of Tosos and Rabbeinu Yonah, as far as defining uh, or, or identifying at what point the grain is going to switch from Brei Priyadama to Brei Minimizonos. And that obviously is going to have impact when we talk about these pieces of oats, these oat flakes, which are now sold whether sold whether or not when preparing them. So is that going to be, according to Tosos, is that soft enough that they have, uh, that it's already going to warrant a Brei Priyadama? Or does it have to be that it becomes so mushy that the, everything combines together and then uh, that's going to be the circumstance in which you would say the, uh, the bracha? Now, it could be that overnight oats are going to be, uh, they're going to combine together sufficiently anyways, by virtue of the liquid which is there, which serves as a binder and holds it all, all together. So there may not be much of a difference between them, but there could potentially be some sort of a disagreement between them. So in summary of this, so here we have source 10 in Sefer Zosah Bracha. So in the back of the Sefer, there's actually two parts of the Sefer. One is where he goes to the halachas quickly. And then in the back of the Sefer, he chooses different topics and explores them in great detail. So this is from the Birer Halacha section, which is where he explores in great detail. Simon Chav Zion, he, if you remember those who, who, were, who were part of the class at that time, he has this funky way of numbering his paragraphs and subparagraphs and doesn't really do it in a very good way. So hopefully if you look at it, you'll find it on page 284. <laughs> is the easiest way to go ahead and, and find it. So he says as follows. He says, now this is getting to the uh, the case of overnight oats or the, the halachas which are applicable to overnight oats. He says, So he says, the truth is, however, that this is some, something which is subject to debate between the poskim of our times. 
Ledas Harbe Poskim, in the opinion of many Poskim, and he says, V'chein Horali Hagon Rav Shomel Zaman Oyerbach, V'agon Rechaim Pincha Scheinberg V'od. So Rav Shomel Zaman and Rav Scheinberg both said, Shechazal Kavul Avrach Mezonas Al Maisa Kedera Dafka. The Chazal said that in, that the that uh, products which are made from grain they are elevated to the bracha of mizonos only when they fall into the category of maisekedera, meaning that they're cooked in a liquid. So if you actually cook your oatmeal in a liquid, so that is going to warrant the bracha of berei mine mizonos. And of Shomazamun or of Scheinberger of the opinion that any time the thing is heated by fire, toasted grain, roasted grain, even though it's edible, Dino that's going to be in the second category, the lower category of munching on edible grains, where the bracha is going to be only Breypriadama. And he says, the Khen Kasafa Igris Moshe. And Rav Moshe also says a similar thing. Which earlier in the Sefer he translated that as wheat germ. Okay, whatever that is. Where Rav Moshe also writes that we don't find any precedent whatsoever that if a grain is rendered edible by fire, not cooking it in a liquid, but just from heat itself, that that's going to elevate the food into a bore mine mizonos. And he says, Okay, Moshe's quote is saying is saying this elsewhere. But he says, But in the opinion of one of the Gedolim, and interesting that throughout the Sefer, he, he, he references, and you would wonder who exactly is one of the Gedolim Hador. But, and you would think that it's somebody who doesn't want his name to be known. But in the introduction to the Sefer, he says, Echa Megdole Ador is Rav Yashiv. So I don't know why he's referred to in the Sefer as Echa Megdole Ador, which anyways, you identify as Rav Yashiv. You might just, just quote him by name at that point, but he didn't. He said, he is of the opinion that Din Chita Shehuchna Be'emtsos Eish, that when you have wheat, which is, which is made edible by fire, Kedin Tavshem Mavushal, he equates that with rendering it edible by cooking it in liquid. Because this is this is a normal way of eating it, and this is an accept. This is a, this is a common practice. But he says, He says, but not every time you go ahead and you toast the kernel would that warrant saying a bracha on the brain uh, name uh, Zonus on it, but it still has to fall within the parameters of Chazal, meaning that in the event that the kernels remain disparate and they don't combine together into a mush, they remain separate, that if they don't combine together, then they're not considered to be a tavshel, they're not considered to be a cooked food. And then you would only go ahead and say the bracha of But in the event that they would that they would uh, they would uh, uh, combine into a mush, so then uh, Rabbi Yashu would be of the opinion that even though it came about through fire, Rather than through cooking a liquid, he would say that you would go ahead and you would say a, uh, uh, you would say the bracha of uh, mizonos. Now, what's going to be the story with uh, with these um, 
these overnight oats. So I'll read to you a paragraph. I, 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 I didn't put this into the uh, in, into the uh, handout. Maybe I'll put that in afterwards. But I'll read to you this uh, one paragraph, uh, which will then uh, apply this specifically to the uh, the overnight oats. So I said, if Moshe finds in rules that the bracha of Mezonos is only enacted on a Misa Kedera that was actually cooked, meaning cooked in liquid. This is so, even though the food underwent a different kind of processing that completes it to the point of edibility. So the fact that in the manufacturing plant, they go ahead and treat these oats where all you need to do at home is soak it in water or milk overnight. Still, since it wasn't rendered edible through hot liquid, through a cooking process, so it's only going to be hot dama. And um, then he says, the Sefer Bezosa Baruch quotes Rav Yashiv, who rules that as long as, the food, as long as the food is fit for consumption and has the texture that Chazal sets forth, meaning softened thoroughly and sticks together, the bracha would be mezonos. So he's saying now that there's a machlokas, or Moshe would say overnight oats, since they're not cooked, it's going to be ha'adama. Whereas Rav Yashiv says, it doesn't really matter whether it's cooked or not, as long as it has the, it's edible and it has the consistency, it has the mushy consistency of a cooked food, that already is enough to elevate it into mezonos. And he further cites the ruling of Shomaz on Arbach, that only whole grain kernels require cooking to warrant the mizonos. However, kernels that have been broken down, such as quick oats, that's the one, the, the, uh, the instant oatmeal, that do not undergo any cooking, but through an alternative process, such as soaking, still resemble regular oatmeal, would warrant the mizonos even without actual cooking. So Shoma Zalman aligns himself with Rav Yashiv as well, and says that in order to be considered mizonos, it doesn't have to be that it was cooked, all it needs to do is if it's processed to the degree where it's now going to resemble regular oatmeal, old-fashioned oatmeal, that everything adheres together, everything becomes one lump or one big mush, that already is enough to make it into a mizonos. So it turns out that whether or not that what you're going to say on overnight oatmeal, whether it's going to be a ha'adama, like Rav Moshe, or it's going to be a mizonos, like Rav Yasha or Shomo Zalman, so this is something which is subject to a, 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 a debate. I spoke to Rabbi first this afternoon. He told me that he would go with Rav Moshe on this, and he would say that the bracha is going to be very prihadama. But one way to get out of this samachlogis is to eat it in the context of a meal upon which you've already said hamotzi. That's one uh, solution to the uh, to the issue. And the other solution to the issue is, which I think most of us would probably adhere to over here, is being that samachlogis, just avoid the food altogether. And that way, you don't run into any sort of uh, issue of what is going to be the correct bracha to uh, to recite. And I think, uh, as you know, I'm usually uh, averse to adopting chumras, but this may be a chumra which I adopt upon myself that I'm not going to eat overnight oatmeal just because there's a suffix which bracha should uh, should be recited. All right. So, so how does this apply to uh, granola bars? Right. So granola bars. So this is a, th- th- so these amongst others. But this is going to be a, a, a significant foundation. That's why you have to know exactly how the oats in the granola bars are manufactured. Are they cooked? Are they air-dried? Are they steamed? So all of this is going to, is going to impact very significantly what the bracha you're going to make on, uh, on, uh, on granola bars. And it may be that there's a machlokas about that. He has a whole section on granola bars, but you could have that same debate potentially where some postkin would say that's manufactured in such a way without being cooked, and therefore the bracha is going to be bread priyad dama. 
Whereas others are going to say it may not have been cooked, but since it was manufactured to the point where it's edible in the pieces combined together, so that already may be enough to go ahead and say Bremen Amazonas. So it's a it's a machlokas. It's a machlokas number one. And then there's different me- methods of manufacturing, which are going to be another layer of uncertainty about that. So the best thing to do is just look up some website which tells you what to say, and then just follow that and hope for the hope for the best. Or don't eat granola bars, one or the other. All righty, everybody. Yeah, I think you've given us the correct pronunciation of that word you used at the beginning of this uh, this lesson, and I think it's now Bircher Mushley. Mostly. <laughs> excellent, excellent. We can't end Shia without a good pun. So we, uh, we're we now Yotze, and that's uh, that's the bell for us to uh, to go. All right, don't, mess, you, don't forget, everybody, tonight, is, uh, tonight tomorrow is Rosh Chodesh. So davening and whatever, add the uh, Yalav Yavu. Thank, Thank you. you. All two of you have a good Chodesh and a good Shabbos.